Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder and CEO, Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Yeah, awesome. Of the NFT news headlines making waves this past week, uh, quite a bit of interesting tidbits. Luxury jewelry company Tiffany, in conjunction with individual CryptoPunks holders who are leveraging the IP, uh, is releasing a total of 250 in real life pendants, including an NFT of the pendant, which will be sold for 30 ETH each. So that's quite a number. The city of Miami, Florida is releasing a collection of 5,000 NFTs in partnership with Time Magazine publisher Time USA, MasterCard, and Salesforce. And this will confer unique experiences to holders and include exclusive benefits from partners. So interesting to see that real-life integration place. Uh, if you're into music and if you caught... Uh, our first show on the integration of NFTs and art, uh, music and, and art and NFTs. Uh, UK rock band Muse is releasing an NFT version of their album, Will of the People. And this will actually be the first ever NFT album to qualify for the UK music charts. And finally, the CEO of the educational publishing house, Pearson Education, has stated in the company's most recent earning calls that they are considering utilizing NFTs for royalty purposes in the sale of secondhand books. Apparently, Pearson textbooks typically get resold for up to seven times. So you can imagine that there's quite a royalty opportunity there with NFT integration. All right, so I think we've got quite a bit of people coming in now. So let's get into it. Hey Web3 World, this is Nacha Besta from Adlunum, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases to what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers, and they really are fascinating, uh, that we speak to each week. A little bit more about Adlunum. Adlunum is building the industry's first IDEO launchpad with a attention allocation mechanism. The reason that NFTs are so important to us is because our investor profiles are dynamic NFTs, which powers our engage-to-earn model by allowing for fractionalization of allocation during private and IDEO sales. And in terms of this new show, The Future of NFTs, this is our third episode and if you've missed any of the others, be sure to join on your favorite podcast streaming platform. We are live every Tuesday, and our other show that's been running for quite some time, Diving Into Crypto, is live every Thursday. So join us for both shows as we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing industry. And on that note, speaking of thought leaders and change makers. Today's episode is all about NFTs in the gaming space. Uh, very exciting topic that I think we all are very eager to learn more about. I am speaking to Cornucopias, a metaverse game that's play to earn 
build to earn, learn to earn about how they are integrating NFTs into their gameplay and into their game economics. Joining me today are the company's two co-CEOs, Robert Gregg and Josh Jones. And I see both of them are in the house. So Rob and Josh are both entrepreneurs with decades worth of experience and they bring into the Web3 space their business analytics, development and marketing skills that they've honed in other industries. Josh is also the co-founder and the stake pool operator of the Cardano-powered staking pool Grow Your Stake, which supports the non-profit Drop for Drop that increases accessibility to clean water in Africa and Asia. So definitely check that out. It's supporting a worthy cause. He also co-hosts the YouTube show Cardano Chats. And if you'd like to ask the Cornucopias team a question, stay tuned for the end of the show when you can put in a speaker request or inbox your question to the Adlunum Twitter handle on Adlunum Inc. All right. So Josh and Rob, it's lovely to have you guys join us on the show today. I think especially because GameFi and NFTs both been huge topics in the Web3 space this past season. And I'm very keen to get into what the future might look like, especially now that we've had this market downturn. So over to you. Where are you guys dialing in from today? Well, uh, hi. Thanks for the uh, great intro. This is Josh, and uh, I am dialing in from Austin, Texas in the United States. Yeah, hello there. Um, I'm actually on holiday in the Canary Islands. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm in the Balkans. Uh, Rob, I know that you are from the UK, so that crazy heat wave that you guys had is now, and I'm just doing whatever I can to survive by staying indoors and not going anywhere. So I hope the weather that you are having in the Canary Islands is better than what you had in the UK and what I'm having at the moment. All right, so... To kick things off, I've watched a few of your YouTube videos and I really walked away with the sense that you guys are having a lot of fun building cornucopias and taking your community along with you for this really exciting ride that you're on. There's this really strong sense of team spirit and genuine commitment to product and to community uh, between the two of you. And I'm really looking forward to getting more into this and other topics today. So to start off, I'd love to hear more about your backgrounds, how you got into Web3, and also what's important to you, because I think this trio is often very significant to people's industry origin stories. So over to you. Let's hear more about Rob and Josh. Sure. Uh, So the question is uh, a little bit of our origin story. Always the, the best thing to start off with is why are you here? What made you get into the crazy space we're in? You, you bet. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. So, yeah. Well, Rob and I, back relevant to your uh, introduction, the uh, Grow Your Steak, uh, Steak Pool, and the show Cardano Chats. Cardano Chats was started. I haven't done an episode of that in uh, over a year at this point, but I had started that to support the stake pool, Grow Your Stake. And as a result of that that show, I was listening to Charles Hoskinson announce some of the fund winners from the Catalyst Project, which is 
Cardano's Cardano's basically internal funding mechanism for projects within uh, being built on Cardano. And I'm listening to the winners of a project uh, of, of a round of funding. And one of the projects he listed, he said, uh, Charles said, oh, Visual Basic Studio uh, integration, we really need that. And I took note of that and made sure to reach out to that person to try to interview them for Cardano Chats. And that was Rob. And we basically got to talking after the interview and Rob uh, shared with me what he had been researching for the prior six months and some of what he was working on, which was this metaverse-based project and uh, game. And we continued discussions for about a, a two weeks to a month and uh, ended up launching Cornucopius together. Uh, that was a little over a year ago. Um, and we dove in, both of us completely, uh, took the big risk and left our paying jobs, um, and, uh, self-funded cornucopias, at least for the first three months and, uh, took a huge risk and, and got it launched. And we've been in a full ever since. And, uh, I, I'm still amazed to this day at the doors that have opened and the amount that we've accomplished. It's, um, it's pretty amazing. So that would be my intro. I, I don't know if Rob wants to add anything. Maybe Rob, can you give him a little background on what Cornucopius is? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I've been working on kind of cutting edge technology for the last 30 years. I've always been fascinated in, in the early days back in SMS and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and Zigbee. So, so when I was was had the chance to to work on blockchain and, and Cardano announced that they were opening up to the community back in August 2020. And, you know, I just jumped at the chance and, and I was fortunate to be one of the original 50 people to be part of the, of the fund one in Project Catalyst. And, and then, like Josh said, that led that led on to to one of my projects then being funded. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cornucopius for, for me at the heart of Cornucopius and, and everything that I tried to do is is to is to connect systems together, be interoperable, um, but but bring in the community. So, so we've always I've been part of the Cardano community. is is part of, um, you know, I I went in looking at Project Catalyst, thinking I've got a chance here to to start working on the blockchain, and actually I came out the other end thinking, wow, the the this an entire community of self minded thinking developers all led by Charles Hoskinson with, with this with this goal of, of being really open and and communicative and, and we've kind of taken on that mantle um, and, and taken forward now and, and our community has, has just got over 40,000 people in Discord, 40,000 in Twitter um, and it's one of the friendliest communities um, that I've, I've ever seen and it's, it's been a pleasure to be part of this project with Josh. Yeah, amazing, guys, to listen to the story. Uh, my co-founder and I also came together to start at Lunum because we'd worked uh, at a different time on uh, another project. So I know this idea of, you know, the synergy between two people when they come together, share a vision, and then use the complementary skills that they both have in order to start something to give fruition to this vision they have. So it really sounds like Cornucopia is, in that sense, 
not only that you guys exemplify, you know, grabbing the bulls, the, the grabbing the bull by the horns. There's so many opportunities in this industry uh, if only you go for it. But it's not only about being able to be agile enough to, you know, take advantage of opportunities, but it really is also, especially from the sounds of it, the power of minds coming together and collectively creating something, which of course is also what the industry as a whole is about. So it's interesting because it really sounds as though this foundational sort of baseline uh, that I recognize in your community, as I said earlier, really can see it's a very friendly, supportive community. And how it sounds that even from the earliest origins in terms of being connected to the Cardano ecosystem and being part of that community is now sort of being, you know, taken forward into, into cornucopias as well. So I'm curious about the, uh, what is it about? Can you tell us a little bit more? And then also just on a side note, I'd uh, love to know where the name came from. I am an incurable mythology geek. So I love the Greek mythology vibes it gives off. And I also think, you know, the sense of abundance it evokes uh, seems very apt you guys are building. So we'd love to hear more about exactly what it is and, yeah, just kind of what the vision is uh, that the two of you share. Well, I'll let Rob share a little bit more about the origin of the name. And I'll, I'll just say this, that I was a full supporter of the name mostly because of exactly what you already said, which is that it, that it evokes a bus. And I think that that's really so much of what the ethos of crypto is. You know, overall, it's like this opportunity. And you mentioned that before. Uh, for people to change their life circumstance. And, you know, that's that's a big part of what the game ultimately is and ultimately is. But, you know, to, to get more descriptive about what we're building, it's a metaverse-based game. Uh, there's a variety of themed lands that you can travel to and from in uh, NFT-owned uh, vehicles. Uh, and there will be travel that exists for those that don't own NFTs. It's it's free for anyone to play. Uh, and everyone gets their own personal piece of land uh, at the beginning of the game uh, that comes with two trees and a hammock. And basically, they're allowed to, uh, as they go and play throughout the theme zones, they get a chance to accumulate resource uh, and play to earn in the play to earn aspect of the game and build up their personal uh, bubble, which is their personal land. Uh, and they, they can create and build their own house exactly the way they want to build it and eventually have pets and uh, do fun things on their land, which is pretty cool. But then traveling throughout the themed lands uh, is where they would uh, complete certain daily tasks and engage with others and, and have fun. Um, and so that's a little bit about what the world is about. There's eventually going to be a city area where there's going to be different crypto-based projects or different B2B aspects to this metaverse where, say, for example, uh, Tesla wanted to have a showroom uh, in our uh, city. Um, and that could be built out and we could, we could give somebody a virtual tour of a Tesla. Like many of these things are on, on the vision and on the roadmap. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a very exciting project and really we're hoping to eventually, as we gradually decentralize, empower more people 
to create their own life within this space and add economy and benefit to their life in a realistic way. So a lot of what we think about is how do we bridge the physical uh, to the digital and and how do we really impact lives through what we're doing as well. And so, uh, you know, it's going to take a long time. We have a big vision, uh, but we've uh, we've hit the ground running uh, really well. So I don't know uh, what Rob might add to that. Uh, definitely the origin of the name would be good. But yeah, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I can go for the name. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the name Cornucopius comes with two parts. It really has Cornucopius and the tagline, The Island Awaits. The, the Island Awaits, that, that came pretty quickly because Charles Hoskinson, the, the, the father of, of Cardano, you know, he once did um, one of his, his famous whiteboard speeches where he talked about the island, the ocean, and the pond. And the pond was, was this, this, this metaphor for Ethereum where all these... Um, Ethereum Solidity developers are all experimenting. It's not the finished thing, but they're, they're all playing around with their, their, their little Petri dish. And what Charles wanted to do was attract all these other developers that were what he called in the ocean. So the oceans were, were, were developers like myself, the, the .NET, the C Sharp, the Visual Basic, the Java, the JavaScript, hundreds and hundreds of different programming languages. And then the idea was was they were going to all end up on the island, and the island was was this perfect pl- blend of of all these developers programming in Haskell and us on the Cardano network. So so the island awaits that came quite natural. Looking for the name Cornucopius, that 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 was quite tricky because I, I knew it had what we wanted to do was, was create a, a a name that represented a free community, um, blockchain community for everyone to be part of. So we looked at the uh, words like planet and world and, and nothing really, really captured the, 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 the vision that I was looking for. Um, and then almost within an hour, I watched two programs and both of them said the word cornucopia. And I thought, wow, that's that thing that, that encompasses what, what I want. So I, I did a quick checkup in, in the dictionary to make sure it, it was it was what I thought it meant with the horn of plenty and the plenty uh, for, for everyone. And yeah, and it, and it just uh, it just captured the, the truer essence of of what we needed. And then obviously you need to find the domain name. So we couldn't find the domain name. You put an S on the end of it and we ended up with Cornucopius. So not as romantic at the end, but that's how the whole name came together. I have to say that in 2022, the deciding factor in most business names is no longer the creativity or, you know, the meaning behind it, but really it's just, is the domain name available? So interesting to see how this is going to change when we get the NFT domains and then again, a new sort of world opens up. But I love the synchronicity of the name and just kind of, you know, showing that, okay, this is like a sort of nudge that you're on the, in the right direction, heading in the right direction. Um, in terms of the game, yeah, I mean, first of all, I love this idea of really modeling the entire game around your principles and your values that you would like to empower people and, you know, offer these life-changing opportunities I think as a company that we've also really built our entire model on this idea of crypto should be empowering and should be available to all. And, you know, whether it's someone at a high income level or a lower income level, the glass ceiling shouldn't be there in the way that we've kind of brought it in from these legacy systems. So 
love how you've got, you know, weaving your own values into the entire company as a whole. And I think it shows. Um, I'm not a gamer, but I have to say that this idea of two trees in a hammock uh, sounded really appealing. I'm not sure if I would, you know, kind of build anything that sounds like a lot of work. Although, on the other hand, my son is a huge Minecraft fan and I've often wondered, um, especially since Minecraft has expressed that they are not really keen on getting in on this sort of universe that we are in, uh, what the next sort of generation of those kind of sandbox, game, sandbox games are going to bring. And it sounds like from what I heard that this opportunity that you are offering players to really go into the sandbox environment and make it their own, while at the same time offering, of course, these opportunities to play to earn um, is very much what you've built into the product. So from that note, on to a bit of more NFT-focused question, uh, is your approach to NFTs and how do you consider it to be unique? And then also maybe as an add-on, uh, the same question related to the metaverse as well. I'll share the... The, our approach to NFTs is it's unique primarily just because, you know, it's it's and, and I, I wouldn't say that's unique and, and different than a lot of the gaming NFT companies out there. But what anybody should know about NFTs in regards to gaming that's listening is that the unique approach here is that you get to own your own assets. And so that seems to be a given for us and that are in the industry and in gaming uh, at this point for, for so long. But a lot of people that haven't been in gaming and NFT space may not be aware of, but now what it's allowed is for players to participate in the any new way. For example, if you're out there playing Fortnite or some traditional game right now, you can put a lot of money into that. And when you're done with the game, there's really nothing you have to walk away with. Um, and that's not to say that we want anybody to be done with our game. Hopefully they want to continue playing for forever. But the reality is that like with NFTs and power in a game, you can transfer assets. You can buy an asset from somebody else. You can sell your own assets when you're done with the game. You can sell your assets and possibly even profit significantly. So it allows for players to participate in this economy in a completely new way. Uh, so that's just the starter, you know, that, that, that the grounding, uh, that the founding idea of NFTs within gaming. But, you know, the other unique approach that we have is we're aware of the, a lot of the problems that exist with NFTs in gaming, and it's forcing us to innovate in a variety of ways. We have to look at how can we do dynamic NFTs that change as a player accomplishes things throughout the game. We have to look at solutions like uh, being able to bring in NFTs from other chains. So there's a variety of, of problems that we have to solve. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. And then there's fun things like, OK, well, we have uh, NFT pets that are on our roadmap and we want to have breeding uh, and or, or it could be just breeding with horses or things like that. And we get to work on uh, basically uh, genetic type formulas where something changes as you mix these two NFTs and it creates something new. So there's a lot of fun stuff that we get to explore 
that become solutions for our game eventually that make it more engaging, more entertaining, and more economical for people to participate in. Yeah, and I think when we when we started this, you know, we 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 took thirteen months before we sold our first NFTs. So, so that time was was taken studying what was going on with with other projects across all chains. Um, and one of one of the I think the big standouts at the time was probably Decentraland and um, Axie Infinity of, of how they've shown that if you really capture the the imagination, people will follow. But but what I found with Axie Infinity is people weren't enjoying the game. They, they were just playing it for the sake of, of earning money. Um, and when you looked at Decentraland, people were, people were buying the plots because it was new, but then they were basically a ghost chain. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to create this from a gaming point of view where, where the whole metaverse was a fun place to be. It had loops in it, and it was driven from a gaming point of view. That the metaverse comes into that because there's real economies in there. You know, players are are owning the land and the farming the land and, and the the they're trading be- between districts and and they really go along. But the the main hook is people being part of a community and and working together. Um, and the blockchain really for me should be this this kind of hidden layer. Uh, if we want to attract the massive gamers, they need to come in and, and the game and the story has to be number one. That's, they need a reason to keep coming back. Um, and then we'll slowly introduce these the the uh, the, the metaverse and NFTs and, and blockchain to them when they're ready. I mean, the, the, the game is entirely free to play and that, that was always really important. You don't have to have NFTs to play the game, but but if you do have NFTs, then there's there's going to be different types of benefits for them. So so we've always aimed to to have everything from the the free players to come all the way through to have that daily loop all the way up to the to the the players that actually want to to participate and own the NFTs. Yeah, it's really highlights a point I think that is very very key to this whole idea of mass adoption. Mass adoption is going to be about utility, not the technology. And I think what a lot of companies have done is they've, and I mean, this is completely natural because this is a very new space and, you know, those opportunities that we spoke about, it's very easy to kind of look a gift horse in the mouth if the low-hanging fruit is available right here, right now. And so there's been so many companies that kind of jump onto the technology without really having that follow-through of if there's no real-world utility, it's not going to be a sustainable project. And I think, you know, especially what you guys said about taking 13 months before having your own, your first uh, NFT sale, I think that is quite unique uh, because it's so easy for a project to start up and within you know a few days or a few weeks the nfts are out there and really is more about jumping on that bandwagon of okay everyone else is doing it so let let us do it as well but i think what really stood out for me is you mentioned earlier josh about bridging this physical and digital world while at the same time impacting lives and it certainly sounds from your approach both to, uh, you know, the space as a whole, as well as Cornucopia as, as a specific company uh, that you are building, that you are really working towards making this a reality. Um, this idea that the metaverse has a real economy and that we are not only there because 
it's the newest sort of latest thing or if you look at these dystopian movies uh, like Ready Player One, okay, it's because Earth is a place that sucks and therefore we all escape there to, you know, have a better time in a, in a digital world that's not really real. So I think your approach that you take of not only building out something that is going to have a good impact on players, but also, as you said, identifying the problems in NFTs and in the metaverse and working up solutions to those problems, because really these solutions are what drives innovation. For example, you know, dynamic NFTs or interoperability. So, yeah, really just illustrates this is how this industry fleshes itself out is by companies such as yours building products such as these. So we've already touched on quite a lot of this question, but GameFi, I mean, it's a huge thing. Uh, NFTs are huge. Metaverse is going to be a big deal. So we are seeing more and more emerge of these three different worlds, so to speak. So I'm wondering how, in your opinion, are NFTs now and in future the metaverse going to change the gaming industry? I mean, the gaming industry in general is a huge, huge space to be in with massive amounts of money. And as we've touched on earlier, motion is not going to come from the technologies that we are building in Web3. So how do you see this changing so that these kind of technologies that we are working in is going to have a more definitive influence on the industry as a whole rather than be, you know, this niche space where we know that there's this integration, but most of the work of the gaming world does not. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to comment on that question. It's a great, it's a, it's a really important question. Uh, I will say one thing to your uh, comment on bridging the physical with the digital, you know, in, in response to what I was saying earlier, I think it's important uh, to mention some specific examples that we have um, just to, you know, to solidify that point. So one thing that we recently did with our NFT minting tech, which has uh, been claimed by many that participated as some of the best NFT minting tech experiences they've had on Cardano, uh, even uh, beating out other chains in a variety of ways. So we're really proud of the tech that we put together and the UI UX design. But in testing that, just just for testing our platform, we engaged our community uh, and we sold teas that would plant a physical tree. So the proceeds from the NFT sale would be used to plant physical trees in the world. Uh, but the actual NFT you have is something that you get to plant in your land in the metaverse, in, in basically our, our, our world cornucopia. So in your own personal bubble, you could plant your tree or potentially even in your theme zone lands if you have some of that. So that's a, a very uh, concrete example of, of one of the ways that we're bridging the physical uh, with the digital. Uh, another one would be the water wells that we mentioned in uh, earlier in the Grow Your Stake stake pool. Proceeds from that are going to plant uh, to, to build and dig water wells in Africa for people that don't have water. So these are pretty real uh, examples of, of how that can work. 
Um, and we do have that in the mindset uh, overall and um, also obviously uh, the play to earn aspect is something that somebody gets to participate and possibly earn some some real resource that they can utilize in their life in a variety of ways. So let's not forget that either. Um, but to your point and to your question, uh, that is a very important one is how how is mass adoption going to occur and uh, and how are NFTs going to change that in gaming or, uh, uh, you know, the that's one of the biggest problems, right, with crypto. So if I if I think about introducing my friends to crypto or family members to crypto, um, it's a bit of a challenge. It's not like, hey, just go to this URL and uh, sign up for this account and, and you're good to go. You know, it's it's more like, OK, if it's a friend, I have to walk them through setting up a seed phrase and how to keep that secure. And, you know, you don't, you don't really want to just pass along information, have your friend uh, sign up, get, um, you know, railroaded or lose their seed phrase and then they're out of crypto. And I think that that fundamentally right there, that is the main issue uh, with um you know, even gaming, uh, getting mass adoption of crypto because so many people are scared. They, they don't know what's involved and in, in how to participate and how to be their own bank and how to keep it secure. And so until we can come up with solutions that uh, are digital identity solutions that better enable the holding of wallets in a more secure way, you know, that's I think that's the barrier. Right. Um, so, yes, Chris. Crypto is reaching that point of mass adoption. Obviously, we see it everywhere now, which is fantastic. Uh, but there's still a lot of barrier to entry for that that just doesn't know how to get involved and how to participate. And so we need to make that a lot easier and more seamless. And so in Cornucopius of how do we do that, you know, just on the fiat side, for example, if somebody down the line wanted to, you know, to for us to really get our game into the mainstream, there has to be a way for somebody that doesn't know crypto to jump in and utilize fiat to participate in the game and buy in-game assets or, or whatever. Not that it's required. It's a free-to-play game. But there has to be an easier onboarding process. And so we're thinking about that and how we might do that. Uh, but, you know, it's not completely solved just yet. But I think making it easier for the person that doesn't know what's involved is essential. Rob? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I think that's a really important point. And um, one of the ways we're tackling this is is our desktop game comes with a um, what we're calling a desktop launcher. So as, as soon as you launch the the game, it goes into this menu, and you'll be it has a wallet, Cardano wallet, built directly in there. Um, so you'll be able to use your existing wallet, or the the game itself will create a wallet without the player even knowing. Um, and then, like I say, you'll be able to play the game and and things will be stored in your wallet. And then when you are ready to, to learn what that wallet actually means, that's when we'll be able to take through the steps of, of, of how to take your NFTs and, and uh, yeah, go on and then trade them or, or play with them within the game. So, so I mean, this is this is the one of the the early ways that we're, that we're looking at and we believe that it's a good step forward to, uh, to, to have the mass adoption. 
It reminds me of, you know, the series of book, uh, An Idiot's Guide to or A Dummy Guide to. And, you know, at first glance, it's like, okay, well, this sounds like a really offensive term. But then whenever you are trying to understand anything new, you much prefer having something explained to you in a way that you don't have to use too much mental energy to be able to grasp anything about it. So I think, you know, this idea of almost idiot proofing things to the point that, as we said earlier, the technology doesn't overpower what we are trying to build on top of it is a really, really important thing. And also this idea that in order for us to get from where we are, which is a really, really small niche in the big picture, uh, that more handholding is required for the minute. It also makes me think, you know, in crypto, we have this idea that the cutting edge projects who are out there, the pioneers kind of, you know, discovering new lands, it's all about them. But it really also highlights the importance of auxiliary services. All of these underlying sort of B2B companies that are working so hard to really facilitate the ease with which users are going to be using uh, things in this ecosystem in general in the future. And I think this is really where this idea of the collaborative nature of Web3, um, you know, what that is all about, because partnerships in this space is so important. Uh, you build something, I build something. We come together and the solution is, you know, four times stronger for the fact that we are collaborating. So speaking of collaboration, so we always hear in the Web3 space about community and community is king. And I mean, everyone loves to throw this buzzword around. But from what I can observe, you guys as a company really seem to take this approach of being very affable, very personal in terms of your community building. And I mean, there are a lot of projects, good projects, uh, working on Metaverse and GameFi but for some reason, they fail to attract this really loyal user base. Um, and you guys seem to really be on top of this. So what is your secret source to building a, stro a strong Web3 community? And where do you think that many projects are going wrong? Oh, okay. So this one's a fun one. Uh, it, it's dear to, dear to my heart. Um, you, you look at the uh you know i've said it earlier but like the east ethos of crypto another part of of crypto that's so powerful uh and and why it's so impactful is is the community so this community of people is allowed to participate in the economy in a way that really empowers them and it makes it uh you know so much more impactful for every person that's involved because they might have ownership of NFTs, ownership of the token uh, th that makes them want to participate, uh, 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 the ability to participate in, in voting and in the direction of the project it makes it so much more meaningful, right? And so uh, that's an incredibly powerful element of crypto that becomes we're, we're all in this together, to create something bigger and better and to 
make the better, make the world better, you know, so to speak. And, and, in so many ways. Right. And I think that that's, that's an important uh, element of crypto that often gets forgotten uh, by, by many. Right. And so when you look at how powerful community is in crypto, it becomes imperative that as a project, you build and cultivate a community that's really positive and fun for people to participate in. And so I really appreciate your, your words and, and your observation about our community and what we've done, because it's been very, very intentional. We have thought about this and, and uh, kept it paramount since the very beginning. We didn't do a bunch of mass marketing that flooded our community with people that have no clue what our project is. And there's a bunch of fudsters running around it. We didn't do it that way. We slow, we grew our community organically, completely organically through, uh, through sharing content of what we're building in the game. And then also through the launch of Kopi Cafe, Rob and I <clears throat> believed that we would do that, which was incredibly hard to do at the time that we launched it because we had so much going on. But we decided to take the plunge and launch Kopi Cafe. And that's where Rob and I uh, just host a show talking about what we're doing. And we've now we're, we're now coming up on episode 17 or 18. And uh, it's just what we do weekly to share and be transparent with the community on where we're at, what we're you know, what we're building, what are the new features? Are there any leaks, anything fun for the community to uh, learn about that we're doing this week? That's the kind of thing that we're doing uh, just to cultivate a relationship with our community and, and be in front of and be with them in a way that um, lets them know that we care. So I guess, you know, that's a lot of words to explain that we really care about our community and we want it to be and we don't care if there's not 250,000 uh, fake bot accounts or, you know, just that we, we don't care about the number as much in our, in our community like that. Obviously, that's an important metric for are we growing, right? But we, it's it's more about experience. What do you experience when you come into our community? Do you have a positive experience? And what's the culture that we're creating in our community? Because we believe that to be an invaluable asset to us. And we're all building this together. And gradually over time, we're decentralizing and empowering the community more and more and more. So it's huge for us. And we're also looking at ways to be innovative with the gamification of, uh, of education around the Cornucopius project within our Discord. So there's going to be some fun elements that we create. Uh, that that we bring and we're working on this. We have a, a full summary paper and a lot of ideas that, that Matt is, and I are kind of teaming up with to gamify education on Cornucopius and create some fun uh, educational badges and all sorts of good stuff within our Discord community so that eventually we have this self-moderating community which is also incredibly powerful. And the final element, sorry, this is a long-winded answer. It's just a, a topic that I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, the final element that I would say to all of that, uh, you, you had said, what is, what is it that so many of the projects are missing in regards to building community? Um, 
I think it's transparency, uh, you know, and, and being doxxed. And, and I'm not saying that I think everybody needs to be doxxed. That's a, that's a scary thing for some, you know, this is risky getting your, putting yourself out there in the way that we do. Um, but I think transparency and having uh, an intentional and care, uh, a caring attitude towards what you're doing with community. We love our community and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, um, Rob, I, I hope I didn't say everything there. I, I just, uh, you know, I love that topic. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add? Well, you did make a few of my points, but that, that's all right. We, we, we think on the same lines. I mean, yeah, I was definitely going to touch being transparency and docs. But I, th- I think the other thing that we actually do is, is, is we deliver as well. So as we're going along, we are using Agile. You know, we've created this seven-year roadmap, and the roadmap, does change. This is software that we're building. You know, we, we can't always be 100% accurate when we're trying to imagine what our team's going to be like in the future. But we are delivering along the way. You know, we went to Austin, Texas, um, and we had some demonstrations. Um, we, we, we were there um, in front of IOHK, um, the Cardano Foundation, where we were there in person meeting and greeting. We were doing demos. Joshua Miller of IOHK, he, he played um, our game. Tamara Hassan, she played our game. We're, we're going, we went over to, um, we're coming over to Vegas in, in a few weeks' time where we'll, we've got even more demos for, for people to play. We've just released a pre-alpha version of our mobile game that we've been working on for six months. So it's a closed, it, it's open to, to some of our community members to, to test, but we're going to open that up more and more um, because, uh, and that will be a play to earn mobile game that's set within our, within our metaverse. So, I mean, I think, yeah, uh, like Josh was saying, I think it's transparency and, and it's, it's being able to deliver because I think people in the crypto space, they're so skeptical on, on the amount of, of rug pull that you find. And, 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 and there's a lot of, I would, I think shady characters that are, that have been there in the past and, and it's for companies like us to show that actually there is genuine people that are trying to make a difference um, in this space. So I mentioned earlier, I'm not a gamer, but I'm very willing to make an exception. So put me on some kind of whitelist. I would love to explore your game. And the reason for this is because, you know, when I was watching Kopi Cafe, the really the one stood out for me was the authenticity with which you guys show up it really made me want to sit down with you. And I mean, I got my wish, so that's great. Uh, I also wanted to get an office tour because it looks like really fun man caves that you guys have got going on. But I love this conversation around community and you know the idea of doing it in an intentional manner. Again, that really aligns with what you are trying to build as founders, as a company, as opposed to jumping on the hype train and, okay, I have X amount of numbers and therefore... I have it made, which is unfortunately the formula that a lot of companies use. So what you mentioned about culture building being foundational to community growth, I think a lot of startups and a lot of founders, in fact, not even a lot, some founders and some startups, sure focus on culture building internally with their own team. But I, you know, it's an open question how many people extend that to community. And this, I think, is really the difference that we are seeing in your community versus others. Um, what you said about organic growth, I mean, this goes 
counter to what most crypto projects do and believe. And I just love how, you know, you've stayed true to what you want to do with this game and how you want Cornucopias as a company to show up in the world of crypto. And I mean, it shows because you do have a really engaged and a large numbered community. So on that note, last question before we open it up to the audience. Uh, if we look into our crystal balls a little bit, um, keeping in mind that no one has a crystal ball and no one knows really what's going to happen with anything. Uh, what do you think are the future of NFTs and especially if we consider GameFi, the metaverse, being able to amplify NFTs in terms of value add. What are we looking at a few years into the future compared to what it is now? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? My, my dogs were going a little crazy at the moment. Just one more time. No worries. So in terms of the future of NFTs, uh, especially the role that GameFi and um, the metaverse will play to amplify NFTs and the value thereof. How do you see us kind of using NFTs down the line? Or what will NFTs look like? Will it look completely different than the way it does now? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, great question. So uh, I think it's going to be very different. Uh, and I think a lot of it will still be the same. I, I, I think, you know, the that the uh, stereotype of NFTs is that somebody creates a bunch of, uh, you know, 10,000 different variables of one JPEG art theme, right? And and that seems to be the, the current ending NFT uh, use case. I, I don't necessarily, I don't know if that changes. Uh, I, I, actually, it will change, but I don't know how that's going to evolve. I, I don't think that's going to be as pervasive in the future as it is now, I could be completely wrong uh, because, you know, there, there is a valid use case for artists to uh, in, in a completely new way for an artist to approach artwork. Right. So in that way uh, I could see it growing significantly Um and in some ways, I think, you know, that are really hot often die out. So the way that artists use it is, I think, going to change. But, it, you know, that's going to grow. Like art, the, the fact that artists can monetize their art in a completely new way is a powerful thing and very important. But when you look at the use cases for NFTs, there's, there's music, there's royalty rights, there's, uh, you know, which, which, that alone or require how can we you know add in some uh, pro uh ip protection and legal to nfts and what is that going to look like and how is that going to be done uh, but then there's uh fractionalized interest in real estate i mean that's a huge use case you take a property and divide it up into ten thousand units uh potentially well now obviously securities law is somewhat in the way of that but there's so many use cases uh, that make, you know, traditional physical assets so much more liquid by utilizing the power of NFT technology. So there's a lot there. Uh, there's so much more that we can do with it. Uh, I think it's just the beginning. Um, and uh, it's just going to become more and more powerful as more infrastructure 
uh, more regulation becomes clear. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot of lack of clarity, which prevents institutional investors from getting involved in the way that they want to. Now, obviously, we have a lot more institutional adoption in crypto as a whole. But when it comes to NFTs, there needs to be more regularity, clarity, uh, uh, more regulation, clarity uh, it, as, as the regulation increases. So uh, there's it, the power of, and what we can do with it is, is um, you know, I, I don't... I don't really know where it's right now. I mean, there's so much you can do with, with uh, NFTs. Um, it's just really a matter of making it easy for people and making it work for people in a way that uh, it uh, changes their life in some way. So to, to improve it, um, that's what I would say on the topic. Yeah, and I, I think it also, also on top of that, I mean, the utility is really down to, to the developers, what, what they what they build on on top of of, of NFTs, you know, basic level, you've just got a JPEG, but all the way up, I, th- I I can imagine more interactive spaces now, where NFTs are tickets and and tickets into into virtual shows where you can actually be your avatar, and so you so you can be there physically at the show, but if you're not capable of making the show, maybe it's at the other side of the world, you can still participate in in that show in a different way, and that brings a whole new revenue stream to 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 the artists and, and the people that are, are doing those shows. But I also see supply chain being 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 transformed as well, being able to know where your foods come from and, and following back everything back to, to the root, I think it's going to be really, really important moving forward. But I mean, yeah, like Josh says, there, there is going to be hundreds of thousands of, of different utility um, to come from NFTs. Some are being looked into now. Some have not even been thought about yet. That's really the most exciting thing about all of this, everything in Web3, really. I mean, if you think about PFPs and how much it's captured people's imaginations for the time that it did. But it's really like going to a new land and being this pioneer. I don't know. First you put up a tent and, you know, then you come back with more building materials or, well, to be sustainable and eco-friendly, you should source it from the place where you are. And so we really are all building on top of each new sort of innovation that this technology takes. And this is really why the space is so exciting. So we've come to the end of our Hour. Uh, in the interest of time, I'm not going to take too many questions, uh, but Rob and Josh, it has been absolutely amazing getting your very, very insightful insights on the impact that GameFi and Metaverse uh, is going to have on NFTs and vice versa, and definitely also on the vision with which you are building Cornucopias and also really how value-driven and intentional it is. I'm sure that the audience is itching to pick your brain, so I'm going to open the floor if you have a question for the Cornucopias team, uh, please put in a speaker request or alternatively, you can also message your question directly to the Adlunum Twitter handle. So I'll give it just a few seconds or so, so we can. All right. So I see we've got a speaker, so I'm not going to try and announce your uh, Twitter handle. So the person who is the speaker, please go ahead. Oh, hi. Hi. Thanks for letting me join in. What's up, Rob? What's up, Josh? Um, you guys can, you guys can uh, interrupt me and, and talk to, um, it's Rob. We, uh, I played, uh, 
the game that Rob mentioned um, that uh, other people were playing at Consensus. Uh, yeah, I played that. That was uh, really, really cool and unique how, um, you know, us as a community, like, uh, just come through for for each other over there. And it was really great to hear that, uh, you know, you've noticed that um, that there is a strong community there because it really is, and it's a really lovely one in many different ways. And uh, I actually uh, already expressed uh, gratitude for uh, Team Cornucopius uh, uh, actually uh, bringing me into uh, that experience the way uh, that they did. And I just want to uh, thank them again because uh, really nice accentuation on my, on uh, on all, um, on all, out of all my time out over there, it was it was it was great. And I can't wait till uh, next year, and in October, um, in the future. That's what's going on. I'm not sure if you guys heard the announcement yet, but um, it's uh, I, I, it's not it's it's official. But I haven't done an official announcement yet, so you guys will see. Um, no, so I hope that all is well and it's a great space. What was the announcement? Sorry. Oh, I, I'll uh, it'll it, it'll come through the the grapevine, bro. It's uh, I became a, a partner somewhere, and uh, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, um, we'll we'll be excited to hear that when it comes through. And yeah, it was it was definitely great to meet you at Consensus. I'm glad you got to play the game obviously that was very early stages but uh pretty fun right yeah no no it was awesome it was awesome i, I remember my time it was 212 yeah yeah i remember it well but, um congratulations on on being the mystery partner i'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll find out pretty soon what that means thanks yeah i'll uh i'll share the floor Guys, so I would love to take more questions. I see we have really question, really interesting questions coming in about play to earn and the sustainability of play to earn as a model. But unfortunately, we have run out of time. Uh, I think that our speaker really just highlighted just how impactful your community is. So let's end on that high note. Um, that is it from us today. Uh, if you would like to follow the Cornucopias team, you can catch them on their Twitter handle at Cornucopia's game. There's also a link tree to all of their important and definitely go check out. I mean, if, you, if you've listened to this episode, I think there's very few people here who don't want to go look at what you guys are building. This was absolutely amazing. Great connecting with you. And I, I'm sure that we'll all be watching closely as you continue to build out what sounds like a really great game, a really great universe and a really great community as well. And then to the listeners, big shout out for joining us today. I'm sure that you've gained, as of I, many new insights on the topic. Thanks to these very talented brains behind Cornucopias. So I'll catch you again next week for another episode of The Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers, guys. Yep. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with Adlunum on Twitter at Adlunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.